0: Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Ron Dozier. I'm privileged to serve on this team as the campus pastor here. Just delighted uh, that you are with us today and just so thankful uh, for this opportunity over three weeks to be able to share with you the truth from God's Word from the book of James. So thank you so much, uh, Talbot, uh, for your trust in the Lord and trust in me to be able to, to do that. Uh, I want to say a shout out to my daughter Cassidy. She's 22 today. Today's her birthday, so Cassidy, happy birthday to you! I was telling somebody it's easy for me to remember her birthday because she was uh, born in 2000. So whatever year it is, that's her birthday. Now, now the other kids, it might be a little bit of a challenge, but for her, it's it's no problem. So we, in a minute, we're going to turn to James chapter five. We're going to take a look at this uh, hidden treasure. Um, powerful, powerful thing that God has placed within our hands. I'm so thankful uh, that, he, that he has. But one thing that we can say about this library called the Bible, we don't believe it's a book, but it's a library, but it's inspired eternal and true. So as a church community, we just lift it up. That's our way of saying that we live under the authority uh, of the Word of God and God, the God of the Word, not only in here, But get this image when you're at home and other places, workplace, whatever. Understand you're still, we, we, not you, we're still under God's authority at the same time. Amen? Amen. And before I begin, let me, let us pray. Let me just say again, thank you to the prayer team. So many people have been praying for this series, for us, for me, for this church. And I'm going to tell you, thank you. Thank you for your, your labor of love. It means a lot. It means a lot to the Lord. It means a lot to me. Um, I feel his presence and power in just unique unique ways, all because you've taken the time to pray. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. And it's not just words, but it speaks to the work that you're doing uh, for us, in us, through us, even around us. And even now, Lord, I pray that I might decrease so that you might increase, Lord. I pray that everything is said and done might be purposeful for your kingdom, your honor, and your glory. God, in everything we do, we just seek to glorify you. So have your way, that's our prayer. For it's in Jesus' name that we all pray that everyone who agrees say together, amen, amen, amen. I remember there was a group of people and they had got on the elevator and the elevator got stuck between, between floors and some of the, the groups started yelling out, Help, 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 help. We, you know, they're stuck between the floors. I don't know what you would do. I think i began begin to panic. I sweat a lot, so I probably would have been sweating on the elevator. But then the others, they started banging on there, just banging and, and banging and banging. And nobody was responding. It's like, what the heck? What the heck is going on? And then all of a sudden, there's this one lady. She just calmly kind of walked over to this red little box. And she just reached in and grabbed this phone and... Picked it up, and a person on the other end and said, May I help you? said, Yeah, we're just we're trapped in an elevator. Can you send help? So, of course. Hung the phone up. Then, all of a sudden, kind of looked around at everybody else, and they're just kind of saying, Wow. And I so, see all of the human efforts, banging and yelling, didn't work. But just picking up the phone and asking for help, that did. It was just a matter of utilizing. The right connection. And James wants to make sure that as we approach this verses in chapter 5, we're going to read it in a second, that we understand that we have the right connection. You can have confidence now. that. We have the right connection. Now, the connection is both vertical, but then he wants us to understand it's it's horizontal as well. It's it's, it's, it's amazing connection. If you're about my age, many of you remember this song by James Taylor. Now, I can't sing this by myself, so you're going to help me. I'm going to solicit your help. I think we have the words up on the screen. I don't know if you remember this, but you got to get your voice ready. Uh, 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 me, 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 me. Okay, let's go. We're going to sing. You ready? It's, it's a slower pace, so let's do it together. You just call out my name, and you know wherever I am. I'll come running to see you again. He does a, yeah, 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 we won't do that. But then it goes, winter, spring, summer, or fall. All you have to do is call, and I'll be there. You got a friend. One more time. That sounded so good. What more time. Ready? Let's do it up again. No, you just call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll come running To see you again Winter, spring, summer, or fall All you have to do is call And I'll be there you got a friend. And that's exactly what James wants us to know as we lean into these verses, James chapter 5. He wants us to know that you got a friend. You've got a friend that's given us the greatest gift of all. That's this gift of prayer. We can call on him in prayer and we can do it collectively with one another. So let's take a look at James chapter 5 and Read what he says here. He says, Is any among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. James wants us to understand that prayer is not just an event. He's saying with the often repeated emphasis in each of those verses, the same thing. He's saying cultivate a life of prayer. That's the privilege we have as the believer. Make it so automatic, it'll be just like like breathing. That's the gift that God has given to us, the ability to have the right connection, but to stay connected, to be praying to the Lord. Don't underestimate, James is saying, such a valuable activity. Over and over again, James has been saying, I've been saying it for, for three weeks, he says... We have been given believers, our faith has been designed to respond to God. He said, a faith that doesn't respond to God is useless, for faith without works is dead. He's given us the faith that we can respond to God, and even in prayer, we respond to God. God. God pulls us forward when we pray. James wants to understand that our faith, although we respond individually, It works its way out in the context of community. See, collectively, one another. That's why you hear this often refrain as you read through James. He says, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters. It's this sense, this deep sense of community that there's care going on for us, with us, through us, and even around us. Collectively, we care for and support one another. He mentioned several rays that we just read. That communication should happen, but guess what? It's all centered on who? On God. You don't have to face troubles all alone. That's the beauty of community. We all face circumstances where we will need to call on God. And when we call on him, what you'll see is he begins to call on us to represent him through ministry. See, everybody in the body is somebody, and you play a key part. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. God has given us that gift that we are to play a part. That's why now parents, when they're young, cultivate, just communicate with your kids about prayer. But not only that, pray with them. Just say a prayer. It could be something simple. Just engage in the activity because it's one of the things, the gifts that God has given us that's so important. I remember I was traveling on my way to visit a good friend of mine, brother in Christ, Jeremy Holt. He's sitting right over there. On my way there, got a call from a cousin. Her name is Nikki Jackson. She was in Washington, D.C. Called me. She said, I'm going to give my nickname. I'm going to use a name. Ronnie. You just call me Ronnie. Okay. She says, Ronnie, <laughs> the Lord placed you on my heart to call so that we can pray. I said, what's going on? She said, well, you know, Paige, my granddaughter, she just got diagnosed with leukemia. And God said to call you so that we can pray. Now, granted, Nikki herself, since we were teenagers, 16 years old, She was diagnosed with lupus, and yet even with the lupus, she has demonstrated just she has such a sweet spirit. The the spirit of God just oozes out of her, and even when she was sharing, there was this confidence and trust that she had in the Lord. She said, well, you, we can pray. So we began to pray, and just so happens as uh, we were praying, pulled up at Jeremy's house. Finished praying, got out. He could tell something was going on. He said, Ron, what's wrong? So I shared it with him, what was going on. He he stopped and he said, let us pray. And then after he prayed, he said, tell your cousin Nikki and tell your family because we've been on this same road with our daughter. Give him my number, I can be a resource. We're willing to be a resource to them to talk about doctor's visits, all these things that they might not be aware of. But we're willing to make ourselves available just so they know that they're they're not alone. This whole idea of prayer, what started off with me praying led to Jeremy praying. But not only that, Jeremy responded in the prayer to make himself available for what the Lord wanted to do. It brought such encouragement to my heart, to my cousin's heart, and I'm sure to the Lord. He says here, if, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. You don't have to face sickness alone. Call who will come and be the body for you, wherever you are. If sickness is related, to sin in any way, there can be restoration. Now, James, a lot of people read these verses, and James isn't offering a a formula for healing every sickness, but we know the reality. There's some things that we prayed for, asked the Lord for, we prayed in faith that in his sovereignty, he didn't grant. Our daddy has something different in mind, and he was going to do it. So these verses are not a prescription to every time we pray that he's gonna heal. Paul prayed three times that he removed this thorn from his flesh. And God said, well, my grace is sufficient for you because when you're weak, I am yet strong. But the guarantee, he says, uh, anoint them with oil. Oil symbolizes the spirit of God, but the oil that was used back then was also used for medicinal purposes. The guarantee is connected in context to forgiveness that is granted as a result of the therefore that we read in the verse. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It's the same as when we say, if we confess our sins in 1 John 1:9, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's the beauty of community. You see, sin doesn't have to be concealed. There's a safe place in this beautiful body that God allows us to be able to talk about the things that are going on in our lives. It doesn't have to be concealed. It can be confessed. I've been blessed by this recently. Me and my wife have been going through this 16 weeks under the banner of Beautiful Marriages. We have these classes, 16 weeks, called Re Engage. It's a marriage enrichment. We're in week eight. Now, it's not because I've been sharing her in, in, in my illustrations that we're going through the counseling, but <laughs> <laughs> the cl- I'm sorry, the classes. <laughs> we were going through it before that. But the beauty, and I was sharing with the, the closed group. Wednesday, I thank God for a space and place that we're able to talk about things that are going on in our marriage and and in the safety of the group. I share, they share, we share for one another. And then guess what? We pray for one another that the Lord might bring about the healing that he's looking for. God has this safe place for all of us to be able to share, share authentically about what's really, what's really going on. Now on the heels of highlighting our humanity, and that's what James was doing, you know, a, a little earlier in there, he says, you know, we all stumble in many ways. See, there's this space that we can make confession and then we can pray for one another. But then on the heels of talking about our humanity, and need to pray for one another, James goes on to say what we'll read in verses 17 and 18. He says, now Elijah was a human being, even as we are, yet he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. He prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. What he was saying was, Elijah, this Old Testament prophet, And you can read about him in 1 Kings chapter 16 on to the end of the chapter and even 2 Kings going into that. But this wicked King Ahab, head of the northern kingdom of Israel, got involved in all this idolatry and did so many wicked things. But the point is, and what James has tried to to stress is, he was pulling the people of God in the wrong direction. And his wicked wife, Jezebel, was influencing the people to now turn it from Jehovah, but to turn to the worship of Baal, who's supposed to be the God of rain and fertility, who controlled the seasons and the crops and the land. Now check out the irony of this situation, because in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, here comes Elijah just bursting on the scene. In the middle of all of that adultery, uh, idolatry, not idolatry, it is adultery, but it's a, idolatry, Elijah shows up. Do you know what Elijah's name means? His name means is my God is Jehovah or the Lord is my God. So he's talking to Ahab and his very presence is letting him know that his God is Jehovah. And he's telling him that it's not going to rain for three and a half years. And it doesn't matter what you think about Baal, but it won't rain and it didn't rain. Because God, Jehovah, is the only God. Somebody ought to say amen. And at his word, not your word, the rains would be held up. And then he prayed again, and then it rained at the direction of the Lord. But James said that same Elijah, who when you read through there, he said, Elijah had a human nature just like ours. If you read through there, you'd understand that Elijah suffered from depression, self-pity, and cowardice. So he just this balance. He did these great things for God, but on the other side, he had weaknesses, and yet he prayed. James' point is, don't underestimate what God can do through you through prayer, but prayer involves, don't miss this, a simultaneous ask. It says, I just call out your name and, and wherever I am, I know God that you'll, you'll respond. But also in prayer, it, it involves more than us just calling out to him through that process of prayer, he calls back to us and we respond to his calling to us. We've made prayer an event. Jane said, no, make it a lifestyle. And we've made it a monologue, what God intended to be a dialogue. That when we go to God in prayer, we sit and listen to what he's saying Back to us. I think if we could, just technology as if we could, we would just text God. Amen? Send him a text. And that way, I remember somebody sent that to me. They didn't want to hear back from me. They just sent me a text. (laughs) Keep me from responding. But anyway, it's a simultaneous ask. I love uh, the quote by Andrew Murray. He says, prayer is not a monologue, but dialogue. God's voice is his most essential part. Listening to God's voice is a secret of the assurance that he will listen to mine, it just warms my heart to see people right here in our congregation who pick that up and pray for one another. The essence of a caring community. We have grief share and cancer companions and uh, divorce care, people that are praying for one another. What started off as something that they're dealing with, they go to God in prayer and now he makes them aware of ways that in community, Others can be prayed for too. It's living out the principles of what Jesus taught the disciples about prayer. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, not just my Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. There's this orientation that when we pray, he lines us up to what's on his heart, and we begin to, to live into that. He says, you just come on in and pray. He invites us to, he commands us, but he invites us to. Hebrews puts it this way. Just come boldly to the throne of grace where you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. What he's saying is, come on into the throne. I've got mercy and I've got grace. These two things that you're going to always need. How many people are always in need? Or is it just me? That means that we should always be what? Praying. Leaning into what God has provided for us. Through prayer. When we pray, we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit who reveals how we can respond to God through prayer. Our son, Caleb, he's at USC, recently shared that sometimes he is hesitant to share things with me and my wife. He just told us this recently. Kind of broke my heart, but I got over it. Because he says what he treats as information, I turn into a request for permission. (laughs) I said, "Well, I'm, we're trying to get over that, Caleb. You're right, uh, but we trust you. You've been doing some good things at school. We trust you. We trust the Holy Spirit in you. Now, before you run out of here, Caleb, I do let me just share this one little exception. Only exception is, is when what you consider to be information turns into be a request for a." Com- for permission, because you just asked me something that I got to do with my pocket. <laughs> so just so as as you understand it. And your request, yeah, go to Myrtle Beach. Have a good time. But at the end of that, oh, by the way, can you give me $200? Oh, no, no, no. Your information just turned into permission. <laughs> because then I have to decide whether I'm going to respond and how I'm going to respond to your request and even when we're going to God, this, this, we're giving you information, but then how are we asking God to utilize his resources? Is there a permission in there? It blows my mind that God trusts us, that when we pray, he impresses upon us some things that he wants us to do because he trusts us. Like we trust our son, he's been doing an amazing job. He's placing us the ability God has to pray and then opportunities for him, God, to trust you and me too. He encourages us to keep on praying even when there is a delay. Sometimes it can be so hard to wait on God. Anybody here know how sometimes it's hard to wait on God? But he will give us the strength to persevere in prayer. And if you're like me, you can say and say with confidence, they had an old gospel song, somebody prayed for me. They had me on their mind. They took the time to pray for me. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed prayed for me. I'm in ministry today, I'm the person. I'm not saying I'm perfect, I'm not. You know me, you know I'm not. I am today because somebody prayed for me. My grandmother and my mother took the time when I was going in the wrong direction, they took the time to circle me and they prayed for me consistently. Even when I didn't want them to, they kept on praying. You're here today because somebody prayed for you. They leaned in and called on God consistently. And now we're here, you're here, because of the impact of that type of prayer in our lives. And I'm grateful for what the Lord is doing because, because of prayer. And I'm so glad that he's connected me in community with people who are delighted to seek the Lord through prayer and then respond to what God is telling them to do. I believe we have the picture of the prayer team. There we are. That's just some of them, some of them couldn't make it this past Thursday, but we're praying to God, asking to do his will, and then we're sitting to listen, to respond to what he's asking us to do. It's more than monologue, it's it's dialogue. It's more than just words, they're a call to action on God's part and ours. That team delights in calling on God while making themselves available to the call of God in prayer. And that brings me to what I wanted to share with you. It's actually usually we're looking and looking for this bottom line, this point. And the Lord was saying, no, the point is that you pray. That you lean into this opportunity consistently. So we're going to do just that. We're going to pray in partnership together. You ready? know how you did that song? Same enthusiasm. Somebody ought to say amen. (laughs) So let's pray this prayer together. You ready? Let's go. Lord, ignite a fire in us to call on you consistently and respond when you call on us to release your power so that we can accomplish your purposes. You see, James goes on to the importance of and the outcomes of what happens when we do pray. That's verses 19 and 20. I'll read them for you. He says, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the area of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. Do you see the impact of what happens when we partner together in prayer? It's a beautiful picture of restoration. Is anybody going through a trial? James says, pray. Anybody here know somebody that's going through a a trial, struggle? It's happening all over the place. That's why we pray together for the Ukraine. That's why we pray together for other things that are happening. That's how we have to cultivate that consistency all the time pray just like we're breathing leaning into the Lord who we're calling on but in that call he's calling on us to respond as well God calls us to live into the beauty of being in community together as brothers and sisters I pray that you sense that know that what God is doing for us collectively we can call on God he will come running And it's gonna show up as us responding to his voice, to accomplish his purposes, the things that he's asking us to do. God is calling us to counter the attacks of Satan and the enemy against marriages, the family, deterioration of relationships. Do you see what's going on in our culture and society? We don't have to sit idly by and do nothing. When we got the greatest gift of all to lean into the power and presence of the Lord to call on him. And as we're calling, he's calling on us to band together and to see the power and presence of God in the midst of all those things that are going on. Somebody ought to say amen. And this is what we're going to do as a community. We're going to rally as a congregation over the next five days around praying collectively for a purpose. We're praying for God to heal, to enrich, to restore relationships. And if you look up here, here's a link that we want you to go to. Every day, Monday through Friday, go there. You're going to get prayer prompters. Lean in and pray for these things. And watch God ignite He's going to ignite something in our heart. We live into this greatest privilege that we have to to pray together. How true is this quote by F.B. Meyer? It reads this way, The greatest tragedy in life is not unanswered prayer. It's unoffered prayer. Let's not be a people who neglect the greatest gift that we've been given as it relates to our relationship with Jesus, an opportunity to pray to him, to call on him as he calls on us to bond together and collectively move out against what the enemy's doing so people can see the power of God that's present to bring healing. Let us pray. God, thank you for your word and thank you for all that you do in us and through us and ignite in us, Lord, a willingness to live into this community that we have together to pray. And as we call on you, help us to be still and listen to you who are calling on us to respond by faith demonstrate in your kingdom. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all you do. For it's in Jesus' name that we all pray. For everyone who agrees, say together, amen and amen. God bless you.